What's up guys, Saf here on Super Saf Speaks and welcome to episode number 24 of the podcast with myself, your host, Super Saf and your co-host Thunder E from Board at Work. And today we've got some fun things to talk about. OnePlus has launched the new Nord. They had a, a very interesting launch event, shall we say. We're going to react to the launch event, which was yes. very different, shall we say. Uh, then the device itself, the OnePlus Nord 2, um, I've had it for about a week now. Uh, I've already posted a video on it, but I want to kind of give my thoughts on it uh, after using it for about a week. We're going to be talking about the space race because this is something that we're definitely interested in. Jeff Bezos has now gone to space with Blue Origins. We've also had Richard Branson uh, with uh, Virgin Galactic. So, you know, this is uh, th th this new um craze of getting people into space regular people into space not just trained astronauts and uh we're also going to be talking about the fold series so the official invites are now out so what do these invites tell us what more information do we have about the new fold devices samsung galaxy fold devices uh that can, uh, will be coming up in the impact event so e the first thing i want to talk about <laughs> is this uh <laughs> oneplus nord 2 launch event so if you guys haven't seen it, it was, you couldn't, if you went onto YouTube, you would actually have to sign in because it's restricted content because it's not for all ages. There was guns in this introduction, which was very weird. There was, um, they actually dropped the F-bomb in there as well, which is the first time I've ever seen this in, you know, this type of a launch event. It was very different. You know, OnePlus looks like they wanted to go for something completely out of the box it the yeah. concept was is you know they've got a film director who's you know pitching this idea and has filmed this cinematic thing you know um there's a lot of background story to it and stuff like that and i didn't really know what to think when i saw that initially i know he just messaged me like what did i just watch <laughs> yeah yeah i mean so so you know what after watching it i i get what oneplus was trying to do uh, but I think this is the kind of thing where if you are going to do all that, um, at the end, tell me it was short on the OnePlus Nord 2. Or one, mm. the, the, one, then I would literally, then all that is washed away, right? All that's yeah. like, oh, okay. But I was watching it. I was skipping it. There was a, there was a timer at first that says event will launch. Yeah, so like, that was the buildup. So then they kind of had something kind of just rolling. And then rolling, they, yeah. they actually had the um piece which was around 10 minutes i would say where it just yeah roughly. before you get anything right so it, here's the thing right so i get what they were trying to do and obviously it got people talking we're talking about it right now so it's worked right okay and one thing that i did like was just the event they were very playful they were very kind of sarcastic yeah. and and you know kind of making fun of the usual events that we see, you know, like, because now we've seen so many virtual events, right? And I did like that, right? I like that. Here's my thing, right? Because obviously we've seen Apple do these short introductions where, you know, they've got a Mission Impossible thing going on. Somebody kind of breaks into Apple, pulls off the mask, it's Tim Cook, right? Everybody was like, that was awesome, right? Now, mm -hmm. this to me kind of seemed like they took that to a whole other level, right? Okay, and made it into this whole massive thing. My problem was, right? I, I get it, and it was different. My problem was, it was just too long, like 10 minutes at the start with this going on. It's just like, if it's a gag, let it run for a bit and then get to the, you know, uh, get to the presentation, get to the bulk of it. You don't need to spend a whole 10 minutes, right, in this 
you know, I think I think whoever they gave uh, the project to, the agency kind of got really carried away <laughs> yeah, and just I mean, kind of really went it, with it. it. It was it was more than just a gag or even a focus or even that piece because one of the things that I didn't like from it was the fact that as I skipped, I I thought it was an ad playing the first time because you I didn't watch the event live so you sent it to me so I thought it was an ad then I thought it was another ad then I skipped and I realized oh they're talking about a phone. Uh, the thing about it is that if the gag had started with with one plus oh like one of the execs that we know that's more public facing one up to an agency is like look we've got this new launch we want to make it spicy we want to make sure and then the pitch started that way and then it was really about the phone and he was like i can make a gag this much better ways like look that's a little bit too much maybe the director goes like how about we do indiana jones and like and he goes like no no sorry man that's just yeah. We, we need something calm. I would get what's going on, but again, it wasn't tied to the device thoroughly. It, the gag kind yeah, of went it, on it its, kind of on went off. Course. Yeah, it just, yeah. it just. This is the thing, you know. Like you, you get this uh, a lot of times when you're working with creatives, right? That uh, you you need somebody, and this is something that when I used to watch the Apprentice UK version many many years ago. Yeah, like we're talking season one, two, three. One of the things we used to always find is when there was the creative project, the creatives would get carried away. And then the, the trailer at the end would have pretty much nothing to do with the product, right? It's a good trailer, yeah. but then where is the product sort of thing? So yeah, they were trying to integrate things, but it was way off, I think, in my, 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 my opinion. I think what would have been better is if they, you know, like as I said, I, I think, you know, what Apple does where they just have these snippets, right? 30 seconds, one minute, right? In between everything else, it keeps you entertained, mm -hmm. it keeps you engaged, rather than this whole 10 minute piece right at the start. But I'll give it to them that it was something different and they, you know, having that signed off where they're actually shooting people in the head, you know, that's something that I never expected. Dropping F-bombs, stuff like that is just like, whoa, okay, this is this is different, right? And again, yeah. it gets people talking. So I'll give it to them for that, but I, I do think they got a bit too carried away. And I, I agree with you there. I think, um, you know, a nice try. Next time, like Saf said, just break those 10 minutes down into one-minute segments so you can th put across your your yeah. launch event. And also, just have it tied closer to the product than yeah. just being something that just goes off scale. Just completely out there. But anyway, uh, that was the launch event, which was very interesting. But obviously, um, the Nord 2 CE, I just called it the Nord 2 CE. The OnePlus Nord 2, right? They've got so many mm -hmm. Nords. I'm getting confused with all the names. I've had this for, I'd say, about a week now. It's it's a very good device, and I'll tell you why. But before I do, I'm just going to run over what it's offering for those of you who you know haven't kept up and haven't watched the videos yet. So it has a 6.43-inch Full HD 90Hz AMOLED display. We've got a triple rear-facing camera setup. Now, I say triple with... Uh, um, uh, quotation marks because uh, we've got a 50 megapixel primary camera, which is the Sony IMX766 with optical image stabilization. We've got an 8 megapixel ultra wide camera, and there's a 2 megapixel monochrome camera, obviously, 32 megapixel selfie camera, MediaTek Dimensity 1200 AI, 8 or 12 gigabytes of LPDDR4X RAM, either 128 or 256 gigabytes of UFS 3.1 storage. 4,500 milliamp dual cell battery, 65 watt warp charging, which is including, uh, which is included in the box. You've got stereo speakers. Uh, you've got Gorilla Glass 5 with a, uh, uh, they've got a fiberglass polymer frame, what they call, which is basically plastic, similar to what we had seen on the OnePlus 9. 
But the most interesting thing for me is the starting price. It starts at just £399 and it's available across Ooh. like John Lewis, Amazon, everywhere, right? And that's obviously a very competitive price point where that device is coming in. The Nord 1 was very successful um, for OnePlus, one of the best selling devices in Europe on Amazon. Um, so they did. They obviously had a, a big uptake for that device and they've kind of followed it up with this, uh, the Nord 2. Now in India, it's actually coming in even more competitive. So it's around 28,000 rupees. I believe they've got like a six gigabyte of RAM version. And that's like, if we convert it right now, it's around 280 pounds, you know? So you're looking at very, very competitive, right? Now, in terms of my opinions uh, so far, I think what, you know, let me just put this out there, right? OnePlus and many other brands love the term flagship killer. I don't know why they're so obsessed with it. It's so old. I know OnePlus used to use it initially. I mean, they're the ones who started it. They're the ones who started it, but it's just, for me, it's just like, oh, come on, like, why are you guys obsessed with flagship, you know, the, the term flagship killer? And now you do have flagships, like the OnePlus 9 and the 9 Pro. So are you killing your own flagships? I mean, that's what I did in my video because I was just like, how, how do I review this device properly? So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to compare it to the OnePlus 9. To give you uh, an idea of like, okay, this is what, in my opinion, somewhat the OnePlus 9 should have been because OnePlus, if we go back to the roots, they used to offer devices roughly half the price of flagships, right? With some compromises, granted, but, you know, ticks the boxes for most of the people. And mm -hmm. I think that's what the Nord does. Now, in my experience, you know, I think 90Hz display is really good. Um, it doesn't get too bright, but again, I'm not expecting it at that price. The camera surprised me because it's got the 50 megapixel IMX766. Now, that is the same sensor that's on the ultra-wide camera of the OnePlus 9 and the OnePlus 9 Pro, okay? So it's a decent sensor. What's mm -hmm. really interesting that I found was that it gave better low light performance. And I couldn't figure this out, but then I realized that I, I, I had missed out that the fact that it's got optical image stabilization, whereas the OnePlus 9 does not, okay? So the OnePlus 9 does not have optical image stabilization, whereas the Nord 2 does, again, at 400 pounds. Okay, why? So the, another question, because mm -hmm. you've used this device is, it's got the dimensity 1200, does that play any bit to the camera processing itself yeah. for this device as well. So they've called it the Dimensity 1200 AI, right? Now, the reason why it's called AI is because there's been some AI um, work that's been done to optimize it for the Nord 2, right? And a lot of that is in the cameras. So what you've got is you've got some good processing. But another thing that's interesting as well, E, is that um, you've probably not watched my video. So, uh, you know, uh, obviously <laughs> the preparation work that he, he does is not great. But anyway, um, if you look at the video and you look at the interface of the cameras, so if you look at the software, it's very different between the OnePlus Nord 2 and the OnePlus 9. So the OnePlus 9, you've got the whole Hasselblad thing and you've got the Oxygen OS, but if you look at the camera interface of the OnePlus Nord 2, it's exactly the same as what you see on Oppo devices. So what that what, what that is obviously hinting is that uh, OnePlus, you know, because of the merger with Oppo is now 
we're, we're starting to see these hints of Oppo come in, Color OS kind of come in. So the interface overall is still Oxygen OS. You've still got you know the uh, the the big headers and you know just the general feel and things. But you've got a lot of these Color OS features now integrated in. And as I said, the camera app is pretty much what you get on Color OS, which means the processing Ooh. is also different to what you get on the OnePlus Nine. Okay. Wow. All right. I mean, so. I mean, I, I haven't finished watching your video. I have seen parts of it. But I, yeah. I, I think at least just from your your basic um, interpretation of the device is that at least part of you feels like this should be the device that OnePlus should have released as the OnePlus 9 or at least in some, I don't know, some semblance of what the OnePlus 9 should be hmm. as opposed to what we had with the OnePlus 9 um, or do you think, this is now where my question is, do you think that OnePlus should really just play in this pool instead and then they can, they can always release a pro if they want to, but this, like the price range you gave is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, from what I'm hearing from you and from others, it looks like the device is really good. So should they just play this pool and not waste time I think delving in that price range? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the OnePlus 9 Pro still has its place. And, you know, for the Uber enthusiasts who, you know, kind of want all of those features, but still want that Oxygen OS skin and, you know, that whole OnePlus vibe, I think there's still a place for it. For me, the OnePlus 9 kind of sits in the middle in this very sort of weird area because, you know, now you could get uh, the OnePlus Nord 2, which is, you know, design-wise, build-wise, it's exactly the same, right? Pretty much. You know, you're getting the same materials, you're getting the same premium feel. Yes, you're getting a few things that are better on the OnePlus 9, but in my opinion, it kind of sits in a in a, mm. in a in a bit of a weird place, right? So you've got the true flagship, which is the Pro, and this yeah. sits in the kind of in the middle, and then you've got the Nord 2, which I think is going to way outsell the 9, easy. So, so, so basically, you're saying this is the same thing that Apple had between the 12 Mini and the SE? Yeah, pretty much. So you've got the 12 mini that kind of sits in this sort of weird area, which is, you know, yes, it's going to sell, but it's not going to sell a huge amount. But then you've got the SE, which is going to like fly off. And apparently there's rumors that it's going to be coming early 2020, the the new uh, 2022, yeah. SE, yeah. Sorry, yeah, 2022, uh, the iPhone SE. So we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, the Nord 2, um, it's, you know, battery life's really good. You've got the 65 watt charging out of the box, zero to 100% in around 30 minutes. Um, it's got stereo speakers as well, again, at this price. And, you know, it's available straight on Amazon, so you can pre-order on Amazon. And I think that's one of the big things because when you've got the accessibility of somewhere like Amazon, and, you know, you've got places like John Lewis here in the UK, you've got that peace of mind where you're not going to like, oh, I'm just buying it directly from OnePlus. Maybe you're not as familiar with OnePlus. As soon as you've got it on Amazon, boom, you know. Yes, I'm sure OnePlus are having to pay Amazon a lot. But, um, yeah, you're getting a very, very good device. I can definitely recommend it. But this sort of area is getting very competitive because we've obviously got things like the Poco F3. We've had the Realme GT, which, um, you know, uh, again, started off at that price. It's now kind of increased a little bit. But generally, this sort of price segment between three to four hundred pounds is becoming very competitive. It's not in the US, right? The Nord 2? Is that correct? No. no okay. No, That's interesting. Wonder why they've not put it in the US, but um, it's good for me because that means not many US uh, reviewers are covering the video, which means my video will do even better. <laughs> a, a very selfish way to think about things, but hey. Uh, yeah, yeah, selfish indeed. Yeah. Now, we mentioned Amazon. 
uh, that's the OnePlus Nord 2 will be on Amazon. And speaking of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, uh, uh, he went into space a few days ago with Blue Origins. Mm-hmm. He was beat by Richard Branson by a few days. Uh, that was so I mean, cheeky. There, there, there was there was a bit of a squabble, though. I mean, you know, uh, Bezos' team went up on, on Twitter and said that, well, where he went to was not really space. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of like, you know, skirting the edge that he's really going to space. I'm surprised Elon Musk didn't say anything because technically his team has gone to space. Yeah. Well, I mean, but this is like, now we've got space tourism, right? This whole yes. new area, yeah. right? So I think um, Blue Origins went around 64. Five, uh, uh, 65 miles, I believe it was, whereas Richard Branson was around 50 miles. Yeah, it was about 50. Um, so uh, according to NASA, uh, that is where they believe, that's where they consider the boundaries of space to begin. Hmm. And that's where they give you your aeronautic, uh, your NASA wings. Uh, once you cross that boundary, whether as a test pilot or anything, like you've pretty much gone into space. And I do agree because you experience weightlessness. And if you were to maintain that orbit, you will continue to, uh, uh, you know, perceive weightlessness. Plus, you literally have only two, uh, two frame frame points. One is Earth down below, and the next is just just darkness, space. So, <laughs> so I mean, he was in, so, he was in space. For, for but but it's awesome. But it's what's interesting is the the price as well, because like um, with uh, Virgin Galactic now, people have started booking on. It's around a quarter of a million, right? Uh, yeah. So $250,000 if you want to book a ticket for one of these experiences. It's only going to be a few minutes, right? But you can claim that you've been into space, right? And th- there's apparently thousands of people who have already booked on. Yeah, yeah, there's thousands of people. I was just going to ask the question because I, I want to do it. And I think I'm just hoping for that price to drop to to something more reasonable where I can actually pay <laughs> 1%, for it. To 1%, $2,500. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if 2005, I'll, I'll gladly do it for 2,500. Even, even okay. if it were 10K, I would do it. So with with, with the um, Blue Origins, that was auctioned. There was apparently one billionaire bidder who got, you know, one of the tickets for around 28 million, was it? Yes. But then he couldn't million. make it because of scheduling conflicts. Um, it's just funny. I heard uh, Philip DeFranco talk about it. It's like, I just want to see this guy schedule. Like, what what, what scheduling conflicts can you have for a $28 million ticket? Come on. I, I, I can tell you what the scheduling conflict is. It's what basically is the, the missus saying, you are <laughs> not dying in space. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the body will still come back. So it's fine. She can still get the inheritance. It's fine. Oh, wow. <laughs> unless, wow. unless she's got, unless they've signed uh, a prenup. <laughs> Which does not work here in the UK, so she's probably based in the US. Anyway, <laughs> no, but but is it valid if he passes away in space? What are the rules? What are the what rules? Are the this rules? is the whole new like, thing. So, so you mentioned. So here's the thing. I'm a bit conflicted about this whole space race thing because, okay, to me, you know, I love space, right? And I love space exploration. I think we should be a multiplanetary species. I think we should explore so much more. But, but here's the argument that we've always had, right? And people are like, why are you wasting so much resources? Why are you, you know, having all of this impact on space when there's so many problems here on Earth, right? And the argument, the counter argument that we always have is, no, by going into space, we're discovering so much more, we're advancing technology so much more. GPS on your phone, uh, you know, camera sensors, all of these things have come about thanks to space exploration. Without that, we wouldn't have all of these things that help us on our day to day. Now, here's here's the thing. When it comes to going to space for regular people literally for you know just as an experience right there's nothing scientifically 
um, well, generally, there's nothing scientifically uh, beneficial for just sending regular people into space. It's, it's for fun, right? Here's the argument. What's the right? benefit? What then? If you're doing, if you're making it into there, then it's just like, okay, it's just playtime for the rich, right? If you can afford that, okay, you go over. I don't know. I was I was trying to research the carbon impact that it has. Now apparently, Blue Origins anyway, they had um, uh, it was it was liquid oxygen and things like that that we're using, so it wouldn't have as much of a um, mm -hmm. high carbon footprint as as you think. But regardless, it's going to have somewhat of a, a footprint, and obviously, all the resources going towards it. Now, here's the thing: like, I'd be a bit conflicted because don't get me wrong, I think I would love to go somewhat into space in my lifetime, yeah. right? If yeah. I can, because it's something that, you know, as a kid, obviously you've always had a dream. You wanna, oh, you, wanna you, you, you do that, right? Especially if you're uh, any, any kind of a, a, a movie sci-fi fan, right? But he, he, here's where I'm conflicted. It's just like, okay, there's no world benefit from this happening. It's just for I, entertainment. I, I, dis I disagree, I disagree. And I'll, t I'll tell you why. So. Um, one of my friends posted about, you know, Bezos going to space on Facebook, and I was reading the arguments between her and someone else, and she was like, there's nothing. And her friend responded and said, look, the biggest benefit we had from the space race was NASA had an objective, right? NASA had a goal, and NASA doesn't have any set goals anymore. They've got mm. a few missions here and there, but there is no set goals to do anything uh, in the long term. So space... Uh, uh, the space race and space development has stagnated, which is why a lot of those NASA engineers are now working for Blue Origins, Virgin, as well as also, um, mm. what's uh, Elon Musk's company again? Um, SpaceX. SpaceX, yeah, sorry. Um, so so you've, got, you've got all these different guys. Now, that's the new space race, right? And space tourism, to me, will bring a couple of things that I think will still be beneficial. So because you're going to... Uh, as more people go on, price is going to drop, which mm -hmm. means these companies are going to start looking for effective ways to shuttle more people up to space, which for NASA and for long-term space uh, journeys, you're going, okay, now that we can do this suborbital um, journeys, which also means on the planet Earth, can we do things faster as well, taking people across the board? The other thing too is I can see this, uh, I can see a space hotel being set up at some point, mm -hmm. which will also help study for long-term space, um, what do you call it again? Uh, long-term okay. duration in space without mm. you using the International Space Center because now these hotels are in a lower orbit that can degrade and has to be stabilized. So you now have to build better tech to make sure that you're always, you know, your, your, your space station is in orbit at a certain level. So I think because okay. of competition now, you're looking at things where for instance, Virgin is considered the lowest because it's tacked onto a plane and then it's rocketed and it reaches a certain level. Blue Origin literally takes off and then SpaceX is is pretty much on the same level as NASA, right? They, 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 they do stuff for NASA as well. They have contracts for NASA. But I think it's just that competition now. And someone like Bezos, when Bezos came down, uh, I, even though, like, I get it. Like, there's a lot of people who are very annoyed with him because some of the things he said, like he said, Amazon employees and customers basically pay for the trip, which is very true, but also something he should not have it's said. A bit, it's not sensitive, it, is it? Because especially yeah. considering the controversies that Amazon has had about, you know, not paying workers enough, Pain. not giving them enough breaks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, uh, all that stuff. But his excitement for it. Like he landed in, you know, like how he's like, he was very excited. And you could tell this man was thinking, what else can we do? Or what else can I do 
going towards space. Um, so that's the part that to me is a bit exciting because now there's somebody else that's, that really can drive that push forward because like you said, we need to be a species that can expand away from the planet. The problem is once we do that, we divide as a species as well because as expanses clearly taught us is that once we start living in a different gravity field, those humans who live somewhere else, whether in space, whether on Mars or another planet, will not be the same human beings that originated from Earth because gravity is <laughs> gravity is different. <laughs> now that's that's quite a bit ahead. But you, you, did you also mention to me before that Jeff Bezos also donated a huge amount after he came back? Yeah, yeah, he did. He donated some some. I think he donated hundred thousand dollars each first to the charities of uh, Van Jones and I've got the other CNN. Uh, uh, um, uh, moderator who was there, but also said he was going to dedicate, I believe, ten billion dollars to climate change. Um, in his, and it was it was his mind say to offset some of the things that will happen because of what they're doing. In okay. The first place. So this is a point that I wanted to touch on because I be, I, I was uh, I was thinking yesterday, right? And you know, one of the things that I get, obviously, you know, I'm I'm trying to be climate conscious right so i i have solar panels i drive an electric car etc etc right but people always say i'm a hypocrite because i'm always traveling right so i'm always on planes <laughs> and my carbon footprint no doubt is going to be much higher than a regular person mine and yours right because of the amount we yeah. travel especially if you travel business class so here's something that i was thinking and it's an idea i got from mark rober because he had to get a private jet to get to a place for one of his videos and to offset that he planted trees okay and you mentioned about Jeff Bezos and you know what he was doing. So here's something that I'm going to do, right? And I'm going to I'm going to make this commitment from 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 this point, right? Is every time I fly, right? I'm going to calculate my carbon footprint for that flight and I'm going to donate to plant trees twice the amount of trees for that carbon equivalent. So I'm offsetting my carbon footprint uh, so I'm, I'm completely hopefully evening it off somewhat but then also mm -hmm. planting the same amount of trees to actually have a positive impact hopefully okay I, i'm doing so that, the math in my head and I'm, I'm going that's gonna be a lot of trees i mean that's gonna be a lot of trees but because <laughs> because there's actually websites where you can calculate it and it's not that much i mean you, you're looking at you know one flight one uh cross-atlantic flight you're gonna have to you know maybe like 50 dollars or something like that it's gonna cost right which is reasonable in my opinion okay. So you know what? I, I will I will join the cause, and I even backdated to my very first flight this year. Perfect. Oh, only this year? I thought he was gonna go all the way back. Hey, 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 hey! hey. <laughs> I'm joking. Look, I'm you're, joking. Talk, you're talking to, to Colonel Singala here, man. There's only so much you can save <laughs> the rainforest. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's do a virtual handshake for this deal. So well, that's what we're gonna do. If you want to join us, then please do. But I, th I think that's that's one of the things because one of the things that was going through my head again with all the space stuff is, all right, that's great you're doing it, but then you know the impact that you're having, it's like okay, we need to be conscious about it. And at least if we're trying, and don't get me wrong, it's, this is not the perfect solution, right? No way no. it is a perfect solution, right? But at least you're working towards offsetting your carbon footprint. So when you do leave, right, the the Earth, then ideally you've you've left the world from your like uh, from in terms of personal impact in a positive uh, light rather than a negative yeah i mean i'm i'm sure Saf will leave the links down for your calculation and where you can also donate to uh planting trees in the uh description of the video
Yeah, I kind of put you on the spot here. I didn't actually talk to him about this. I literally was thinking about no, this. No, 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 <laughs> a little didn't. bit ago. He didn't. You know, this is how hey, you man. surprise an African. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we're doing we're doing good. We need to bring back the nature of Africa uh, throughout the whole world. So let's let's do it. Um, okay, here's another question to you. Okay, you, we were talking about the price. So you know, we're looking at around two hundred fifty thousand dollars for um, Virgin a Virgin Galactic flight, right? What would be the price, realistically speaking, that you would you would pay? Ooh, 50. 50K, yeah? Mm-hmm. That reasonable? I mean, considering that a business class flight you're looking at between five to $10,000, right? If you look at some of those uh, exclusive flights, you know, the ones with Emirates and Qatar Airways where you kind of have there's, your own There's private. about 25, 30. 30 yeah, so, so if you're going to get to go into space, sure, it's only going to be for a few minutes, right? I think, yeah, 50,000 is is reasonable so um i mean unless richard branson wants to do a social campaign then let us know uh yeah exactly so i'm just wondering who would who's <laughs> going to be the first youtuber that's going to go on that flight oh mark rober uh 100 i think it's got to be mark rober considering that he's 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 an ex-nasa um scientist um, yeah but remember it's about it's about who booked it not 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 necessarily him so for instance you know pewdiepie might have already booked his flight he may have mr beast i mean i'm sure that's a video sure. idea for him that would be great yeah. and t- to be honest two hundred fifty thousand dollars is nothing considering he gives away millions in videos so i, know, I would I say know. one of those guys from the tech space i don't know who do you think maybe from the tech space it seems like something lou would do right something yeah, crazy it's, it's, yeah out so, there. i mean it's considering you know, lou doesn't necessarily leave leave walk go out of his office or his studio that much <laughs> so this would be that would be a first uh, i could see lou doing i could see marquez uh if he's invited or something like that i think i think you definitely do um i mean but if you really want somebody to do it like a true pioneer with a true african spirit i'm right here Okay, just saying that um, just to <laughs> represent as the first Nigerian in space, I would gladly take that flag um, and also to show some diversity as well. Um, so, uh, and- sorry, Marquez already ticks that box, so it's, it's fine. <laughs> so you, you, we, we can, we, we're going to pick Marquez over you, obviously. Um, but you obviously need a brown guy with a beard. So, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll happily, for, you know, for my people, I'll, I'll go I'm, forward. I mean, I'm, I'm also dark brown. I could grow a beard out. So I'm just saying, <laughs> this, this is it. You know what, guys, vote. Vote who you I know, you, oh, I know a lot man. of you are going to pick Saf, though. But honestly, though, you really don't want his sunglasses floating around you know, damaging the pilot or hurting the pilot. So you want somebody who doesn't wear sunglasses. There you go. That's his reason. (laughs) That's his reason. But anyway, I I think it's an exciting time for space in general. Again, I'm not 100% sold on the whole idea. I I still think, you know, uh, and it's been very controversial, obviously. When I tweeted about it, man, people were going at me and saying, oh, this is a waste and stuff like that. Look, uh, at the end of the day, I'm not here to make that decision. I do think, like, from a personal level, I think it'd be super cool. I'm still a little conflicted about the whole thing. But uh, I, I do agree with your point, E, that it's more of a long-term benefit that we have to look at. There's no immediate short-term benefits that we can really see. But, yeah, if we look long-term, competition drives innovation. As we've seen, you know, when there was a Cold War and, you know, we had the Russia versus US, who can get to the mm-hmm. moon first, the amount of innovation that came into pressure. And even like us, like, let's be real, right? If you're sat there with no competition, 
and you're just chilling in terms of making YouTube videos, your quality is going to drop, right? Yeah, because you, yeah. you've, you've not got a challenge. As soon as you've got competition with other YouTubers, you're like, okay, no, I need to up my game. I need to up my game. I need to do better. And I think that, you know, competition always drives innovation. So I do oh, yeah. do that. I mean, we're going to see a lot of things come out of it. Look, one of the biggest things that we saw from the space race was Velcro, like literally Velcro. <laughs> so little things like that. What come would we out do without I've, Velcro? You know, that are beneficial to life. So uh, I would say it's not it's not a complete waste. It might not be focused on where you want. I think it's just a matter of as long as we can push those benefits down to the smallest common denominator, then... You know, so sense. I just want to, you know, because you were mentioning Velcro and stuff like that and innovations that come from space. So I, I was watching a documentary many years ago. I can't remember when this was, right? Um, or it might have been even in college or school or something. But they were talking about how when you're in space, obviously you can't use a pen because the ink, there's no yeah. gravity to use a pen. So, you know, the US spent like millions developing a pen that could work in outer space, right? They yeah. do all this research and all of that. Guess what the Russians did? Pencil. Yep. <laughs> Again, I don't know if this is specific or factually correct. We're going to have to look this up. But I just remember hearing about it in uh, either it was in school or it was a documentary or something like that where they kind of talked about how much they spent on this pen. And then, you know, they were just like, yeah, we'll just, we're just going to use a pencil instead. And yeah. But anyway. <laughs> okay. Final thing we're going to be talking about today is the Samsung Galaxy Unpacked event that is going to be on the 11th of August. The official invites have gone out. Now, if you've seen these, you know, we've got a, a picture of two folding devices, which quite clearly, I mean, it, there's no surprise now because of all the leaks, right? Get ready to unfold. And then we've got a larger fold and then we've got a smaller fold. Now, if you've been watching some of the previous episodes or listening to the previous episodes, you would know that we've already been talking about the fold uh, for, for some time as well as the flip. So we are going to see two devices. There's going to be the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 3 as well as the Z Flip 3. Uh, both of these, uh, so the fold is going to be, um, you know, uh, a smartphone that folds out into a tablet and the flip as we've seen with the z flip is going to be a square device which opens up into a full-size smartphone now we already know lots of information we've been talking about it the z fold 3 is likely to have s pen support which is going to be awesome very exciting but we've seen a few other potential leaks and rumors so max uh, max weinbach who has uh, been quite prominent in leaks for previous samsung devices has said that the flip 3 and the fold 3 are ipx8 which would mm -hmm. be pretty awesome because the way foldable devices work right there's gaps and we've seen that you know there's things that can get in through those gaps including dust Samsung has been working to innovate and work out ways to keep the dust out. But now it seems like they may have figured out a way to also keep water out, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it is. I'm, I'm looking for the IPX rating here. It, IPX8 is continuous immersion one meter or more for water. That's pretty awesome. And if that is true, again, this is just a tweet that we've got from Max. Um, he has been pretty accurate for previous leaks. So... We'll have to wait and see. There's not going to be a note this year, though, which I am still quite disappointed about. But, I mean, the S Pen on the fold kind of makes up for it, does it? What do you reckon, E? Mm -hmm. 
Not fully. Mm, not fully. I mean, I mean, look, I've got the S21 Ultra here with the S Pen, and I've had to. It took me a while to find this case that had, uh, you know, pen holder behind mm. because it would have been just super wide. So I'm not sure how uh, they're going to navigate that area for having the pen. And it's not the uh, rumors are it's going to be the S Pen Pro pen and not the sorry. Yeah, S Pen Pro, and not the regular S Pen for the S Twenty One that will work with it. So, yeah, uh, I mean, we'll from to, we'll from the leak that we saw from Evan Blass, it actually said um, S Pen Fold or something. I don't know. It looks like it's going to be a specific S Pen so that's going to be used exactly, fold, yeah, which needs to be not the Pro. So I wouldn't confuse it with the Pro because, as far as I can tell, because of the screen, I think it's going to be a different material. So it's going to be something that can't pierce it as easily. In yeah. my opinion, again, this is just me speculating. Uh, but nevertheless, very excited for both of these devices. Um, 11th of August is when the announcements will be, which means they'll be available soon after. We'll obviously be doing lots of coverage with these two devices. Is there anything in your wish list, E, with either of these? So I just I just finished a video talking about the Galaxy Fold 3. Uh, which is dropping tomorrow or whenever you watch it. You can speed it on the channel. The one thing I wanted was better cooling. And it's funny because I did the video, then I went online, then I saw Ice Universe say that the <laughs> the Galaxy Fold 3 will have better cooling than the S21 Ultra. Uh, and only to realize the S21 Ultra does not use any special cooling. Hmm. Okay. Uh, which which is surprising because Samsung has been doing that, you know, vector vapor cooling for a while. So for me, temperatures are, especially just gaming, is really important because uh, for a while, the, the Fold 1 and 2 were my go-to gaming devices just because of the real estate on, you know, you've just got a larger, larger screen on there uh, mm. for the internal display. I would love to see some level of the S21 camera on there i mm. know it's not it's not going to have the 108 because just because of space and all that it's just not i don't think it's going to be possible with this device but i want to see this these uh, close to that quality maybe maybe the s21 plus camera something like that where um the the nighttime photos are much better because you know the s21 ultra really does a fantastic job all around um, yeah. So it's it's that camera quality because you're you're paying I don't know two thousand dollars for this device, right? Uh, and I get it that a lot of that folding tech is really expensive, but the camera needs to still stay true to what yeah. Samsung Samsung does. Yeah, I definitely hope for the cameras to be. Um, I mean, to be honest, the Galaxy Fold Two as well. Cameras were really good overall, in my opinion. So I, I do expect them to be very good on the Fold Three. I'd like to see better optimization across apps like, you know, Instagram and things like that, because that's one of the things that I kind mm. you know, always find mm. frustrating with my fold is that it's, it's amazing and I love it. But one of the things that prevents me from using it continuously and, you know, keep putting my SIM card back into it is the optimization and apps like Instagram stories and things like that. You kind of have to work around and what I had to find my, what I kept finding myself doing was I'd have to use my iPhone whenever I was doing these stories. To be fair, I do use my iPhone a lot when it comes to things like Instagram anyway, but I also use my Samsung, right? Or whatever, whichever other Android device I'm using at the time. And that's one thing that I really hope Samsung will work on to get more optimization for the Fold and the Flip, uh, more, more so the Fold for a lot of the, at least most popular apps. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so too. But then again, you know, 
um, optimization on Android is always a funny thing, especially if you're not getting support from, um, you know, Google. Although that might be changed because this word of a, a pixel flip or book or whatever, like a pixel foldable. Oh, yeah. So if as soon that's as that the comes. case, yeah. yeah, maybe we'll see better optimization in general. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, because, yeah, one of the things that really frustrates me is there's still no dark mode for Android on TikTok. So if I'm if I'm watching TikTok videos at night, I'll always reach for my iPhone because they just, you know, I don't want something that's super bright and through, through the whole interface. But yeah, just little things like that, you know, uh, I'm hoping that uh, the phone will have. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Not long left now. We've just got a few weeks left, so there's not too long to uh, go. Right, that's all we have time for. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode of uh, the podcast. Don't forget to follow and also check out the YouTube clips. We're now only posting clips on the YouTube channel. It seems like the algorithm was super confused when we had full episodes as well as short clips going on. They just wouldn't get distributed as well. And the viewership on the full videos was just not as much as the clips. So for now anyway we're just going to be putting the clips onto youtube and then if you want to listen to the full podcast it's going to be on all the other platforms in audio only so i hope that's going to be okay um and we've not offended anybody but anyway <laughs> uh, thanks for listening this is saf on super saf speaks with my co-host thunder e from border work and we'll see you next time